You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Live from the Portable Media Expo and Podcasting Conference in Ontario, California, this is On the Record Online. I think it is an industry, particularly, I mean, if you look at the fact that Marantz is here, Telos, who make uh, digital hybrids and phone connections, I mean, the fact that they're here, I think, is a testament to, to their realizing they are moving product. I mean, the PMD 660, Marantz claims that they've had increased sales like 300%. They well, don't, and, I bet, yeah. Yeah, and they don't credit it solely to podcasters, but they're aware of the fact that podcasters are buying their equipment. Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of On the Record Online. Uh, this is the podcast that brings you the story behind the story through in-depth one-on-one interviews with journalists from the mainstream media, influential bloggers and podcasters, newsmakers, about how technology is changing the business of media and pop culture. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman, PR guy by day, podcaster by night. I am also founder and president of iPressroom Corporation. That is software for marketing communications people to integrate the web into their uh, marketing initiatives and PR initiatives. And I am also personally and professionally interested in how technology is changing the way people communicate and the way we consume media and information and entertainment. And I was down at the Podcasting Expo with the LA Podcasters. That's a loose alliance of Los Angeles-based podcasters. Uh, We meet once a week at the Farmer's Market in Los Angeles and help each other uh, figure out the technology behind podcasting and um, just sort of compare notes and see how we can help one another. So uh, we all got together and we decided we were going to record a series of podcasts from the Expo. Uh, We call them the Podcast Freeway Series. We are such a diverse group that we figured if we can all just band together, uh, we'd be giving people an idea of what L.A. is like beyond the freeway off-ramp. The idea being that so many people drive through L.A., which is such a vast sprawl, and they look off the freeway and they always want... I mean, I always have wondered at least... What's what's this neighborhood like? What's that neighborhood like? And because we are such a disparate community and because we all come from such different parts of Los Angeles, we thought by getting together and doing the podcast Freeway Series, it'd be a great way to promote Los Angeles and all its subtleties and nuances. And what better way to do that than through a group of podcasts? We have a special episode for you today. Um, As I said, this was recorded uh, live on the show floor uh, from Podcast Expo. And I was fortunate enough to get the folks at Morant's Professional to agree to give us a CDR 420 um, digital audio recorder. That device allows you to record directly to a hard drive inside the recorder and then burn it to disk uh, without a PC. Uh, So what you're hearing was recorded on that device. Not right now, but uh, when we go to the actual uh, podcast, which I'm the actual show, which I'm going to introduce and which we'll play for you after the uh, after the break. Um, If you uh, would like to listen to any of our past episodes, some of the guests we've had on the show, uh, because the usual format is a one-on-one interview um, with a journalist or a newsmaker, uh, we've spoken with Leo Laporte uh, for almost an hour. 
about how technology is changing the media business. Uh, we talked to Ron Bloom. He is the CEO of Podshow.com, also the co-founder of that venture with Adam Curry. He told us a little bit about how he sees this whole thing shaping up. Uh, we spoke with Jeffrey O'Brien. He's a senior editor over at Wired Magazine, and he told us a little bit about how they decide what's going to go inside the book. We've also talked to uh, David Pogue of the New York Times, Nick Wingfield, the Wall Street Journal, Elizabeth Wees of USA Today, um, John Markoff of the New York Times. I just did Rob Barrett. He is the general manager of LA Times Interactive, and he was the person behind the Wikitorial experiment and is currently the person behind the podcasts and the blogs that they're running at LATimes.com. So you can get those and uh, many others uh, by subscribing to the podcast. Uh, which you can get at www.ontherecordpodcast.com. Uh, if you have suggestions or comments for people that you'd like to um, uh, uh, hear on the show in the future, uh, you can post them to my blog. And uh, the URL for that is um, www.spinfluencer.com. That's my blog where I blog about how I think marketing, advertising, public relations, uh, the news media, and emerging technologies influence perception. And we've also set up an audio comment line, which you can call and uh, leave a comment that we can play in the show at a later date uh, by calling, uh, if you're outside of the U.S., plus one. And the area code is 206-202-4805. Coming up uh, next on the podcast, if you subscribe, uh, you will automatically get an episode that we're going to do about how religion is portrayed in the media. And we're going to be talking to Robert Spencer. He is a New York Times uh, reporter. We're going to talk to um, Tishbeis uh, Salam. He is the editor of Muslim World Today, and we are working on getting a New Testament scholar from a show called um, Religion and Ethics, which is uh, uh, produced by uh, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. So we're working on that. And we expect that to be a very exciting show. I'm really looking forward to that. And again, uh, all you have to do to get that is subscribe to the show feed at www.ontherecordpodcast.com. So now, without any further ado, I'm going to play for you the episode from Portable Media Expo. It comes, as always, entirely uncut, live from the show floor. Uh, You'll hear from many experts in podcasting, including authors of books on podcasting, uh, the show organizer, uh, podcasters, and more. Uh, after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from iPressroom. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom. Tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. I am joined now with uh, the founder of LA Podcasters, uh, Lance Anderson. Hello, Eric. Thank you very much. Please remain seated, folks. Thank you. <laughs> so I guess what, what I'd like to try to do in this podcast, uh, with the help of, of you and, sure. and other experts, is try to give people listening who couldn't make it a feel for what's happening in the world of portable media and podcasting. Uh, is this a, uh, a community of hobbyists and enthusiasts? or an industry? That's going to be the question for this show. And so I guess I'd like to just get from you your basic uh, first impression. I mean, this is obviously the first gathering of podcasters 
in a well, business I think context. most of us a year ago had never even heard the term podcasting, uh, or, you know, or approximately a year ago. And now we're here at this conference, and it's a, a very, very powerful thing. Uh, and uh, I, I think absolutely that uh, right now, maybe for a lot of people it's a hobby, but it will be people's profession very, very soon. And I'm shooting for that. That's what I'm going. That's my goal. And we're joined also by uh, Tim Borquin uh, of the Podcast Brothers and also the organizer of Portable Media Expo and uh, Podcasting Conference. And so, Tim, I'm so glad to have you because I know you are so busy right now. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's a, it's a pleasure to stop by. So give us your uh, prognosis from 40,000 square feet looking down. Is this an industry or a community of hobbyists? Uh, you know, I think the, 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 the show floor here kind of says it's an industry. It's maybe a small industry now. But I think when we do this again next year, hopefully the floor will kind of double in size. And now that people see that this is, you know, the, the podcasters are here and they've come to one place and they're a real market for whatever products that the companies have, uh, and that podcasters really start to try to make more money with their shows, with subscribe, you know, subscriptions or advertising and whatnot, uh, it'll grow for sure. What can you tell us about the demographics of the attendees here at the show? You know, uh, the only demographics we asked on the uh, registration form was whether they, they were a podcaster or a podcast listener and how much money they spend on equipment. So we're going to do some serious exit surveys about more detailed things about so we can learn more about the audience itself. So I would say that about 60% are actually have their own podcasts and 40% were either listeners or they were corporate folks looking to get into podcasting themselves. So um, that's really all I know for now. I guess the, one of the challenges from a trade show organizer standpoint is you're credentialing media to cover the show, yet this is a show of grassroots journalists. So, right. I mean, when the boundaries between the grassroots reporter and the mainstream journalist are disappearing, how do you decide who gets the comp and who has to pay? Yeah, that, that was, it was a difficult situation because you're right. Uh, a lot of them could qualify as press. Um, the thing with like the National Association of Broadcasters show, um, they have the same issues. They're all radio DJs, they're all radio folks, and some of them are press, yet that's a show for them. So we had to kind of limit our press passes to people who actually covered media, broadcasting, uh, and, and podcasting specifically with their own show, and then to the mainstream media, obviously, like CNBC and Wired and Forbes and that sort of thing. Any big surprises? I mean, you obviously came here with certain expectations, have, has anything happened so far that has been sort of counterintuitive? You know, I, the only thing I think that I've been surprised with maybe or, or happy with is the fact that um, I, I didn't expect a lot of the people to be so surprised that the show actually came to be. Um, you know, when we had an idea for this a, a year ago to do it, we weren't quite sure how it would turn out as well. But a lot of people have come up to me and said, you know what, I don't know what I was expecting when I came to this thing, but this is fantastic. I wasn't expecting this. So I guess just... Being surprised at how at the, the great response I've had and how people have reacted has been nice. Now, I know you're busy, so I'm not going to keep you much longer, but I just had a, one final question I, I wanted to ask to you. Obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who think monetization is a dirty word when it comes to podcasting. I was talking to uh, David Pogue, who's a personal technology columnist at the New York Times, and he said, you know, I think it's so wonderful that uh, there is now a way for people to express themselves through electronic media. I just hope somebody doesn't try to come in and ruin it. And I know you obviously are, are somewhat of an expert in the idea of monetizing a podcast. Where do you stand on that issue? You know, I think that's probably what a lot of people heard when the internet was first starting to be the World Wide Web. A lot of people said, put up these great websites about, uh, you know, 
kayaking or whatnot, and they said, you know, I really hope somebody doesn't come along and put up a website that sells kayaks because it's going to ruin everything. And I think we've seen that that's just not the case, you know, that, that the two can live in cyberspace uh, nicely together. And I think it'll be the same thing with podcasts. If you want to make money, great, here's an opportunity to do that. If you want it to be a hobby and you want to talk about what you had for breakfast in the morning, you got listeners that want to hear that, fantastic too. There's nothing that says you have to. But uh, I think uh, that to, to say that anybody who makes money with their podcast is somehow, you know, soiling the, the medium or whatnot, I think that's just ridiculous. And what do you think is the biggest story that will come out of this show? Uh, I think it's probably the number of companies that announced that they have brand new services that they've, you know, new companies that have just basically been born because of podcasting. And there were there, there are more people that have announced stuff that I even knew about that have services, even if they didn't do anything for podcasters specifically, they are now. So I think that just goes back to your first question about whether or not this is an industry, and I think that that proves it's the case. Tim, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. I'm can sorry. I, can I'm so I formally rushed. thank Tim? Yeah. <laughs> on behalf of the LA Podcasters I, I for everything he's done Absolutely. for us. Yeah, really. I, I think you Thank should. You, no, I appreciate it. You guys have been great. Uh, I met uh, Dan and Lance at, at their podcaster meetups, and that was kind of like, this is one big meetup, so it's oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great to see everybody here. So thanks, guys, you for your help, Thank too. You, Thank you, very much. Okay. Very much. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. You know, it's funny because uh, we had said yesterday uh, that we thought it was sort of something between a um, Star Wars convention and uh, uh, like a computer, what was it, Comdex, right? I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah. So uh, when we were talking, Lance, about LA Podcasters, tell us about LA Podcasters. What is LA well, Podcasters? Well, it started simply as a, as a meetup group and uh, started very simply as that. And uh, we started uh, meeting once a month. And from there, we decided that uh, we were going to take part in the expo and have a booth, and that really brought us together, I think, giving us this project to work on together. And I think uh, we're going to be a professional organization in the new year. I really believe that it's growing into that. And uh, with through the education that uh, Dan and I are doing, we're teaching at the Apple Store at the Grove and, uh, and various other uh, corporate podcasts that we may get involved with. So I, I really see us uh, really growing. I should also say, I should tell our listeners that um, I'm recording this podcast on a, a, a device uh, built by Marantz called the CDR420. Uh, the reason I'm mentioning it is because they are the sponsor of this podcast. And uh, we agreed that uh, we would use this device, which allows you to record to Compact Flash and then burn it to a CD uh, without the aid of a computer um, in exchange for, um, for the right to use the device here at the Expo. Right. So I want our listeners to know about that. And uh, I also want to introduce uh, Dan Class of Hi The there. Bitterest Pill. Thank you. Uh, he's also a member of LA Podcasters. <laughs> oh, Tim, enough. How dare you. So, so Dan, I, yes, in sir. addition to being uh, a, a shut-in, stay-at-home dad and the host of The Bitterest Pill, <laughs> uh, you were also the co-author of Podcasting Solutions with Michael Gohagen, who we're going to talk to shortly. Oh, are you? Great, great. Yes, I am. Podcast Solutions. And uh, so I guess I'd like... As, a as fantastic book, by the way. Really a helpful, useful book. And I'm not just saying it because I'm his friend. I've used the That's book. That's saying is, that, by it, the way. It is a very helpful book. As a matter of yeah. fact, I bought the book before I joined LA Podcast. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I bought the oh, book great. on Amazon for like $18. It came with a CD of software. Absolutely. Yeah. And I saw your name on the front of it, and then I said, actually, we're going to talk to Michael Butler shortly, uh, who started the San Francisco Meetup, Podcasters Meetup. Oh, Michael Butler did? Yeah, oh, Michael Butler started. Michael? Come on, yeah, sit down. Um, Paul, 
Paul? We're also going to hear from Paul Figiani. He's oh, in yeah? a conversation, but uh, yeah, I'm going to let him finish. I know finish. you guys are really busy. You want to just blow me off? And no, 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 uh, no. The reason I want to talk no. to you, Michael, first yeah. of all, I should say, <laughs> Michael is my introduction to podcasting. I, I owe it all to him because yeah, at, at right. iPressroom Corporation, we had built pod, the, the tech. Our tech people called me up and said, hey, we, uh, we're going to launch podcasting. We, we now support podcasting. And I said, what's podcasting? And they told me, and they said, but we don't have a podcast, so you're going to have to do a podcast. And, um, and I said, well, you better get somebody from radio who knows what the hell they're doing. And so we <laughs> called radio people, and nobody knew what they were doing. And so my partner, Chris Bechtel, found Michael Butler on the Internet and said, hey, I got this guy. He can help us. Uh, he's got long hair, and he plays in a band. And I said, are Perfect. you kidding me? Get that guy away from me. Yeah. I, and then I had, when I, I came to help you, you said, hey, dude, can you pull that hair back and make kind of pull yourself together because you're yeah. like a freak. Can you lean in Catch on the mic because I'm afraid really? we're not, we're not, lean in a little bit on the mic. Yeah, let's just sing on. So, there when, you go. So, and then when I finally started to work for you, you said, hey, uh, dude, can you pull your hair back because you kind of look like a freak. <laughs> nice. It's true. Well, yeah. you did it's look like a freak and you do now. Time I say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But weren't yeah. you, I mean, you're one of the original podcasters, right? I mean, how far back <laughs> does your show go? I started in September. Like, se seriously? September, September yeah. 19th, 2004. Man. But Man, you weren't too far behind, were you, Dan? November 3rd. There you go. Were you at BloggerCon? No. No, I had BloggerCon. I was like, listening to all the BloggerCon podcasts, planning my first it was show. Almost exactly a year ago, about a year yeah. and a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BloggerCon was, who knew that it would yeah. become this? You know, the rock, yeah, but the Rock and Roll Geek Show is a, is a staple. I mean, still geez. enduring. No one listens, Anyone but that's it's still play going freely. Come on, man. That's right. So, Michael also started the San Francisco Podcasters Meetup, which I think is the largest one. Yeah, how many people do you guys have in your group? No idea. Yeah, we have maybe, a, maybe a couple dozen, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have like a, almost 160. Wow. That's probably the largest meetup in the world. I would imagine. Yeah, so they, yeah. don't, they don't all show up at one time. We usually have about anywhere from 50 to 100 people show up. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But you're in the belly of the beast, though, right? San Francisco with... There you go. San Francisco... With, with Pod Show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The pod Show's right there and the whole thing. Even so, Odeo. Actually, Pod Show and Odeo, both shows, they come to right? all the meetups. Yeah? And Yahoo wow. was there last last group too and of course I, I felt badly because I wanted to be at these meetups I, I was trying to get help from you on how to work out my rig and my office over the phone and you, you said to me well I can't help you I'm not down there so and I can't you help you and so I, yeah, and then I went, I went to the meetup.com more help no I went to meetup.com and I and oh, I yeah, found yeah. the LA podcasters and then I had bought the book and you were there and there and was. Uh, you did come by the office and help me and it was very helpful oh, the book, the book is yes, great yes, it still doesn't work but it was helpful if yeah, I have a copy of the book. Thanks. We interviewed you for that, in fact, yeah, didn't we? You're right. on the podcast yeah. solutions. I'm on the CD. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. There are a few Michael Butler references in there. Oh, there yeah. Go. Michael, thanks for stopping by and talking to us. No, I appreciate it. Me. All right, Eric. All right, I'm going to get out of here, too, right? Oh, actually, no, why, the, don't you, why don't Paul? you stick around and help me out? You're doing pretty yeah, good. Sure. <laughs> yeah, would you mind? Yeah. Actually, no. we're going to talk to uh, uh, Grant. Um, uh, of uh, You're really talk Radio Adventures, right Dr. Floyd, and, and Doug as well. And Doug, if you wouldn't mind also uh, just tapping um, um, uh, Tom on, yeah, Paul on the, on the, Paul, can you come up to the mic for a second? I, I just want to get Paul in here for a second. Sorry, guys. Because um, Paul is uh, the audio guru. Yeah. So let's just find out from Paul. Give us uh, your once-over Reader Digest uh, analysis of the show. Uh, is it useful? Are you learning anything? Uh, of which show? This show here. Am I not, not this podcast, but this right. expo. Oh, uh, the expo yeah, What's general. your experience of it? Well, I think the 
thing that I'm getting out of it most is to be able to associate the faces with the voices. For myself, from a personal standpoint. Um, you know, contacting Dan through email and such and develop, developing a reputation is great. But when you get to meet the person and you get to... <laughs> and you're so disappointed. And you're so <laughs> disappointed. What, yeah, right, I understand. Right. No, essentially, <laughs> I think you, you hear what I'm saying. When you get to associate the voice with the person and develop a relationship on a personal standpoint, it, it makes it worthwhile. All the time that you put into this, you know, it's just, it's, it's really rewarding. I, I agree. As a matter of fact, I always, I would have thought you know, having spoken to you on the phone, that you were a geek, but now I'm looking at you and it doesn't look like you are. <laughs> well, what, I mean, what, you may be one of the few people who's not a geek here. What, what's, what, what do you, um, as far as a geek, how do you classify well, a geek? Well, you know, a geek is it doesn't dress cool and have cool hair and is not cool. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a geek. Look, look at me. It's the definition of a geek. <laughs> yeah, you do look a little bit like a geek. Yeah, I mean, I have a button-down sure. collar, you know, shirt, and, you know, I, I'll, yeah, I don't wear glasses, but I probably should. But anyway, getting back to your question, I think that, as I said, I think it's, I feel really good about having people come up to me and say, hey, I listen to your podcast, which it, it makes it all worth it. It makes the time that you put into it um, worth it. And also being able to develop a relationship or extend a relationship on a personal basis instead of just exchanging emails and such. So, so as the official podcasting pro audio guru, what is the news or what information do you have for us that we should know about? Where are we headed? What's the future? Um, well, I think that, first of all, people are becoming more um, interested in producing a higher quality uh, product based on the fact that uh, people are trying to monetize their podcasts and also uh, turn it into a business and try and generate some income. And the quality of their audio is obviously going to affect what type of uh, you know, business deals are going to be uh, available to them. So uh, I think in the beginning... Of podcasting, it was just essentially people using what was available, and it was the novelty of the um, or the delivery concept of of, de of uh, delivering that particular product. But now people are more interested in the actual quality of the the delivery mechanism. So, Paul, thanks for uh, talking to us. I appreciate it. No problem. Take care. I want to uh, introduce Doug and Grant uh, from the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. Uh, they are also members of LA Podcasters and uh, are recording a, uh, uh, a podcast for our first annual podcast, Freeway Series. That's right. Thank you. Thanks for joining Great me, guys. To be here. <laughs> so now uh, you've been walking the floor? We have, yeah, we've been walking around. Grant's been carrying me around. I was really tired. <laughs> yes. So now, what's, what, what did you see that's interesting out there? Um. Well, like uh, it was Paul was just saying, his name is Paul, correct? Yes. yes like Paul, Paul was just saying, uh, meeting people, putting faces to names. Uh, there are a lot of cool gadgets, like the uh, backpack over there that you plug your iPod in. And it's got speakers on the backpack. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Nice. Gone are the days of the big boombox on the shoulder. Right. Now you just carry that's your backpack, backpack. and uh, blast uh, people out that way. So that was really interesting. And uh, Griffin actually has this really cool little uh, thing that it's an FM radio receiver you plug into your iPod so you can listen to FM radio on your iPod, but also record FM radio directly onto your iPod. And I just ah, thought that was very neat. Wow. And they, they gave me one for free. So I'm <laughs> not even, uh, I'm not, uh, you know. What's but anyway, that's very free? cool. Yeah. 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 I saw some editing software out there. I'm going to be a beta tester for some editing, sound editing software to make your own podcasts. And uh, I think that was pretty cool. But uh, there's a lot of neat little gadgets around here that I've never seen before. 
Yeah. Cool. It'll be useful in the podcasting world. Uh, tell us, if you would, a little bit about your podcast. The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd is a five-minute, um, family-friendly podcast. Uh, we started podcasting on November 7th, 2004. Uh, so we were kind of there right after Dan started. Right yeah. after you. Yeah. I was an inspiration, <laughs> too, I'm sure. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's very family-friendly. We kind of base it on Rocky and Bullwinkle, the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. So it's that kind of high energy. Except there's no mooses, no squirrels. Not yet. Right. Not yet, but there could be. And um, it's a time travel adventure, so we go throughout history. It's a little educational. Uh, it's not, I don't think people should write essays based on the information they learn, but, you know, we try to, we go throughout history and we try to get the names and dates correct of, you know, when Molly Pitcher was around, running around doing what she did, you know, that's when, when we try and get the dates correct. So that's... And what, if I can just interrupt, what is the objective of the podcast? What motivates you? Just to make good family entertainment, I think. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, and eventually if we could turn it in a way to make money, that would be fantastic too. But we just started doing it for fun. We had these characters and we just started writing the characters. And, and we like the sound of our own voices too. Just like to listen <laughs> to ourselves. That always helps. That's right. right. Yeah. So, and one thing that's been very cool is we've had um, a lot of people have been interested in the show, got into it because we do it in old, old time radio style. And uh, we've been able to get some really cool uh, guest stars on our show, like Frank Conniff from Mystery Science Theater. He came and played Buffalo Bill Cody in an episode. And uh, Kira Sultanovich, who's on Girls Behaving Badly uh, on the Oxygen channel, she came and, and did a thing. And we have someone right and here. And Rick Overton. And right here, ladies and gentlemen, stand this up. Get Leslie on over here. Leslie Carrera Rudolph. It's Leslie Carrera Rudolph, who uh, was a Muppeteer on Muppets Tonight. And she's worked wow. for the Jim Hansen Company. And she's on Johnny and the Sprites. And she does now. the voice of Mrs. Floyd, Dr. Floyd's mother. That's right. Come over and, and say oh, hello. Oh, that's great. Yeah, say hi, would you? As Mrs. Floyd's mother, oh, I'd be happy to. This is a nice place. A lot of fluorescent lights, though. I'm having a weird reaction, and my Pomeranian's starting to itch a lot. She'll go on now, can I ask you a question? No, don't go away. I want to ask you a question. So now, when, you're, when you are a Muppeteer, do you just do the voices, or do you also operate the puppets? Uh, you do the whole character. So um, basically, you animate it and bring it to life. So. And which, which character did you do? Um, on Muppets Tonight, I did Spamala Hamderson from the Bear Pigs Watch. Oh, thanks. And um, I did Dorsey, this angry rocker character that was on Muppets Real World. And um, I just did, um, like on Johnny and the Sprites, I'm a, a, a character, Ginger. And um, I just got cast as a new um, character, a fairy character for Sesame Street um, wow. called Abby, which is really cool. But I've done a couple of... Of, I can't think. A lot of weird products. I just did um, a pilot for um, where I was a mosquito, but I used um, Eartha Kitt's voice for it because she's uh, got a natural mosquito voice. So, <laughs> so you're here at the Podcasting Expo uh, because you're friends with these guys yeah. because you're involved with Radio's Adventures. Yeah, I'm a huge old radio show buff. And so what's your reaction to the, what you're seeing out there? I mean, what, what does this all mean, if anything? Well, for me, I just got here, actually. <laughs> I mean, literally, I just got here. So I haven't walked around or anything, but I mean, uh, honestly, yeah. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a huge old radio show buff, and there's their style and people listening and really slowing down, taking the time to take in people's language and energy. So I, this is a whole new world for me. Um, cool. Well, thanks for so joining us, thanks. you guys. I Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you very We're much. We're going to talk to Robbie now. Robbie is a uh, a kid podcaster. Robbie, uh, 
What? Teen Podcast. He, he's the Teen Podcast Network, right? Oh wait, wait, we're gonna just yeah, we're just gonna hold on, yeah, oh, oh, coming through, coming through, one side, one side, coming through, yeah, all right, all right. Danger, danger. Robbie, um, uh, tell us your name, Robbie. How do you pronounce your last name? Trenchney. Lean forward into the mic. Yeah, Trenchney. And how old are you, Robbie? Uh, fourteen. And when did you first start podcasting? Uh, last year, really. Um. Like, I'd say, like, two months after, uh, you know, podcasting really broke into the Internet and stuff. And how did you figure it out? How did you learn how to podcast? I mean, what, uh, what, how did it first come into your radar that podcasting even existed? Popular Science. Magazine. Yeah. Really? You read an article on it. They actually, yeah, they did a thing on, like, this new form. They were calling it podcasting, and so, you know. I, they recommended a program to record or to use to record, so yeah, I just did it because I already had a microphone. So Don, would you tilt down his mic a little? Yeah, let's just. I want to make sure we, we get him recorded well. So now you are involved with the podcast Teen Network. Teen Podcast Network. What is the Teen Podcast Network? And get right into the mic and tell um, us. It's basically a collection of teens, teen podcasts. Um, there, we currently have 42, and you can find us at teenpodcasters.com. And um, so basically, we're just like a bunch of teens doing podcasts, and, you know, we just link to each other. You know, we, we help one another and stuff like yeah. What And tell us about your podcast. Um, well, I used to do a podcast, uh, and then uh, I stopped doing it. Um, but I have a new one now. Uh, and that, I haven't really got a name yet, but it's, it's out there. I mean, it's at RobbieTrenchy.com, so that's, yeah. And, and what is it about podcasting? I mean, you're, you're obviously, you know, you've got school, you've got other things going on. What is it about podcasting that, that keeps you interested? Um, I think it's just that, you know, I have something to say and I want people to hear. Um, that's really just it. I mean, no other motivations, really. I mean, I'm not getting any money out of it or anything. I mean, I'm pouring money into this, not getting any out of it. But I imagine there's got to be a cool factor. Because well, yeah. I you mean, know. you could go say to your friends at school, you know, hey, I got this website. Check it out. You know? Right. So, yeah. And is that like, is going to your friends in school and having a cool website, is that something that's looked at as neat? or? Yeah. Yeah. Usually. What is your what is the URL of your website? Uh RobbieTrenchney.com. That's R O B B I E uh Trenchney T R E N C H E N Y dot com. And how wh- how do you figure out all the technical details of podcasting? Uh just listening to other podcasts, uh you know, like listening to podcast four one one. Um, you know. And reading stuff on the internet, like, you know, it's mostly just listening to podcasts that really gets me, uh, like, where I learn stuff about podcasting. And you do the whole thing yourself? You record it, encode it, upload the whole thing? Yeah. 14 years old? Yeah. Because you know there are a lot of adults that are having trouble with this whole thing. Yeah. I started on the computer when I was, like, 
You think that's what it is? That it's, yeah, it's such a natural thing for you. I yeah, actually, I was. And I can verify two. that because I was talking to your dad, um, and you weren't there before we're, we were interviewing. He said you were pretty much booting up the computer and dialing on to the internet at four. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Look out! Old and actually, here is his dad. I I am not a liar, am I? Yeah, no, it's it checks out. You're still you, you got a voucher over here. Listen, uh, uh, oh, one last question for you. What podcasts do you listen to? Uh, let's see. Don and Drew Show, uh, Daily Source Code, uh, uh, Bitter's Pill. No. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'll give you $2 later. Um, I, I mean, I, re- I don't really keep a big list of podcasts. I mean, I like to keep it to a select few. So, I mean, like, I've got maybe 10, 20 on my iPod, so, yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, because I know you want to get back over to the hotel, so thanks for staying to do this yeah. interview. Thanks, man. Yeah. So, um, so, Dan. Yes. I guess we Eric. have a second to, uh, to yeah. chat now. Now, you co-authored the book Podcast Solutions. Yes, I did, with, uh, with Michael Gohagen. Right, who's actually uh, uh, going to be joining us now. Oh, is he? So this is a perfect, wow, perfect segue. Timing. Look at him. And, See, um, that's Michael Gohagen for you. The moment you need him, boom. There he is. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Michael, why don't you have a seat? But yeah, Michael and I wrote, uh, co-wrote Podcast Solutions, the uh, complete guide to podcasting for A-Press slash Friends of Ed. Friends of Ed. Friends of Ed Friends slash of Ed. A-Press. A-Press. Whatever it is. How's the book doing? It was it's doing uh, very well. Yeah. We've, we've, uh, we were the number one uh, selling it on the imprint on Friends of Ed, and uh, they claim that we're doing really well on Amazon. So, yeah. Can you give us any hard, hard numbers? You know what? We could if we had them. Yeah, they, we don't, we don't <laughs> have them. We don't even have them yet. We would, but we can't. What, how many books were printed? <laughs> Do you even know? 10,000. 10,000, I think. 10,000. 10, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're, I think we're probably by far the fastest selling book that they've ever had. They don't really know what to do with us because we keep getting media, you know, interviews uh, and press and this and that, and they just kind of stand back and scratch their head. You know what I mean? They're not really sure, I think, how to handle a book I don't, about I don't, a technology that's so popular. I don't think when, you know, PHP 5, the definitive guide, came out, they had, like, the New York Times calling them. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's fun for them, though. But it's been fantastic, and they're, they're great. Friends of Ed is, is really great. Tell us, if you would, the story behind how you guys came together to write this book. This is a good story. So I got an email uh, from our editor, uh, Chris, in uh, England. Oh, that's who it was, Chris? Yeah. Oh. And he said, "Want to write?" <laughs> I got an email that was a one-line book. Want to write a book? I mean, that was the email. Want to write a book? Let me know. From a guy you've never I've talked never to never this talked guy. To you before. don't know who he is. So okay. I ended up speaking with him, and he explained Friends of Ed, and that my name had been recommended by um, actually the guy that designed the Kubrick layout for uh, WordPress, Michael Heileman. Oh, yeah? Who I just emailed back and forth and he was working on a book and so well, if you want a podcasting book go talk to that real reviews guy and so I spoke with them and up until then I had read some treatments for some of the books that were coming um, for some of the other publishers and I, I wasn't planning on doing a book but then somebody just said do you want to do it and I was gonna say no I wasn't I'm, I'm not a you know I've never sat down and written a book before we're really gonna give away some secrets here so oh really? uh, yeah so well, what I, are you gonna say uh, the truth so, the, oh, no. so I ended up having a, I'm a member of an entrepreneurial group 
and we had an, uh, our meeting where we get together once a month. And I said, well, look, I've got all these opportunities. And this was at the time I had uh, you know, an offer from Podshow, and I had this thing for the book and all that kind of stuff. And I said, so these are what I'm going to do, uh, but I'm going to say no to the book. And a buddy of mine said, look, you don't say no when they publish, when they promise they're going to publish it. That, that's <laughs> right. the time you say yes, because, yeah. you know, people try to get. So at that point, I started thinking, who do I know that I think would make a good team member and somebody that's got a, a writing background? And that's when I reached out to, to Dan. And because uh, he said he was from L.A., Said he was an actor, so he, he's got, and he talked about how he was going to put together and writing a show at one point. So I said, yeah, yeah. "There's a writer." Yeah, true, true. So, uh, so Dan agreed to come on board and, and uh, co-author the book. Yeah, it was a good mix. It was a good mix because we're we're very similar in a lot of ways, but very different in a lot of ways. And so I think it, yeah, it was a it was a really good synergy, and it worked out very well. And it turns out Chris, so so this guy Chris was the editor of the book, this British guy. And we would get these emails from him that were written in that very British way of speaking, you know. Uh, Michael and Dan, could you do this and do the da 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 And I don't even and remember. That's what he sounds like on the phone, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very proper British editor. You know, and so you have this image in your mind of this British editor. The guy's wearing an ascot in your mind. Exactly. <laughs> Slippers and he's got a hound a dog or jacket. whatever. Right. <laughs> we get a, I don't know how it even came up, but we ended up getting a photograph of him. He emailed it to us. It was him in this musical group that he's in. They looked like Spinal Tap. It's death metal like, rock. Yeah, <laughs> death metal rock, hair down to his keister, the whole, the whole thing. But he's a brilliant, uh, he's a brilliant editor. We got along What was that leather and jeans? I don't even remember. There, yeah, there's denim a, and leather is what holds, holds us, us together, together or something like that. <laughs> awesome. Just so awesome. great guy. But, I mean, you, you talk to him on the phone. And he kept talking about these bands, and he sent the music, and I'm like, "Wow, this is yeah, like he has heavy, band heavy rehearsal." Stuff. And yeah, we sent a picture, and you're like, "That's like death metal." Rock. Yeah, it was awesome. So, uh, you've got the book now. Obviously, you guys have done a, a lot of press. Uh, Michael, you were in uh, the New York Times Sunday Business section recently with a fabulous photo. And so, I guess, what's the big deal? I mean, when someone comes to you and says podcasting, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Why is everyone so excited? I think it's an opportunity for the average person to share their passion or, you know, in my case, it's films. Uh, and Dan, you know, he has a great way of kind of taking that everyday, ordinary situation and trying to drawing out the humor and the lesson in it. And so it's, it's a really great way for people to be able to communicate and they can share it with thousands of people. And that just wasn't available using, uh, using the voice up until now. Now, blogs that allowed you to, to type and to write about these things, but you know, writing's beautiful for conveying certain kinds of things, but there's other things that the spoken word I, I, is, does a better job at. I mean, you know, take any word. When I talk about a film and I say, look, this is a fab, you know, fantastic film, I mean, depending on the amount of enthusiasm you put into that statement, I mean, I think you can really kind of hit it home. And I think that for me, I would never write a film review because I'd sit there and, you know, worry about all the semicolons and commas <laughs> all day long and the stuff that the editors deal with. But I'll get on a mic and talk for 15 minutes about it. You know, and I'm hit record, finish, done, and post it, and I'm happy with it. So, for me, it was a no-brainer. I, I prefer to communicate. To this day, Dan will tell you, you shoot me an email or an IM, and it gets beyond about four sentences, and I pick up the phone and I'm calling because <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Well, so you, we wrote a book. Exactly. <laughs> when you look across <laughs> the, the floor and you see these different vendors, uh, some uh, hardware manufacturers, service providers, software companies, I mean. Do you think this has the potential of being a bona fide industry? 
I think it is an industry, particularly, I mean, if you look at the fact that Marantz is here, Telos, who make uh, digital hybrids and phone connections, I mean, the fact that they're here, I think, is a testament to, to their realizing they are moving product. I mean, the PMD 660, Marantz claims that they've had increased sales like 300%. And they well, don't, and, I bet, yeah. Yeah, and they don't credit it solely to podcasters, but they're aware of the fact that podcasters are buying their equipment. I mean, I've got it. I mean, we can point all around the room. You know, Lance has a PMD 670 now. I mean, and he, these aren't inexpensive purchases. These are 700 bucks a piece. Yeah. And I know of probably 15 people that have bought that one piece of equipment alone. Right. So uh, there is a business opportunity there. What really hasn't kind of established itself yet is the real business models. People are playing with them. You know, we're experimenting at Grape Radio. There's kind of a consulting angle as well that's working. But I think over the next probably 12 months, you're really going to start to see some stuff solidify a little bit more. Do, do you think uh, podcasting is, is just a step in the evolution? I mean, do you think the, the functionality that podcasts, podcasting suggests, the idea of being able to distribute electronic media yeah. over the internet to an end user, do you think podcasting, listening to it on a portable MP3 player, is a step in the evolution, or do you think ultimately this is the beginning of the studios delivering their movies directly to the end user without needing HBO or Showtime? Well, you, you already see that happening. I mean, with some of these deals with TV that are going on right now, you can, you know, now you can purchase TV without the commercials. NBC, I think, was right. just working Absolutely. on it. Absolutely, yeah. That. yeah. So, um, you know, my answer is not going to be as grand as the average person. For me, it's it, podcasting was the step. I'd never had a website before this, so it wasn't like I'd been blogging or, and you know, and I still don't consider myself a blogger. I am a native podcaster. I started a website right. to have a podcast, and it had to be a blog at the time because of the way things were set up. So, whether or not it's an evolution or a step, for me. Podcasting was the thing that got me started. Up until then, I had no interest in any of this sharing on the internet because it, it just didn't resonate to me because it was text and written. And you know, I was the guy that always wrote my term paper, the, you know, the night before it was due. So <laughs> yeah. that just wasn't a, a good setup for me. But with the spoken word, I'm comfortable turning on a mic and talking. And so for me, I don't know if you call it a step, but it was the it was the step that that you know got me to jump in. Well, it seems like we're seeing a lot of things converge too, where. You know, the technology is such that we can podcast. I think culturally, we're of a mindset where we want our entertainment when we want it and where we want it and how we want it. Cell phone bandwidth and everything has gotten to the point where they can now start offering podcasts and video podcasts. So I think podcasting is an important part of this, this grander confluence. Is that the word I'm looking for? Of technology and culture kind of colliding and creating this thing where, uh, yeah, everybody will be podcasting eventually. All the radio stations will be podcasting. All the TV stations will be podcasting. Now, whether it's free or for money will obviously vary from company to company. But, yeah, I don't know. Is it a step or is it is it the future? Have we Are we getting to the future or is the future actually today right now? I think you're also. I think it's actually right now. I think one of the things you'll see there are a lot of companies here listening to the presentations that are going on, and I think a lot of them realize it's something they need to get into. But there's no onus. There, there's nothing pushing them that they got to start today. So they're all thinking about it, and I think that that really allows for some opportunity for the companies that realize, look, you know, this time next year we're all going to be doing it, so we can have a bunch of committee meetings about it for the next six months, or right. we can or be we the leader it. and right. get out there in front of in front of our competitors. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see who those leaders are going to be in each of the segments. I mean, do you know of a movie studio that is consistently podcasting as a marketing tool right now? No. And 12 months from now, are they going to be doing it? 
Yeah. Yeah, of course. So which one's going to jump out in front? And who should be podcasting more than a movie studio? Yeah. And, right? And you remember that Paris Hilton thing? I mean, the critical era there was they're to be commended for jumping out in front. All of those aggregated listeners in that channel for that Paris Hilton thing, oh, it yeah. ended. Where are those people now? Where's the value of the thousands right. of people that go. were subscribed to that thing? Absolutely. That, you know, and that wasn't that great a movie. So what if they actually had a good movie come out next, and these people who are excited about Paris Hilton might have never heard about the next film come out, but that but went down the channel. now they know all about it. Now they were subscribed. And, and after that, that one, right, another, and another? It yeah. went right past them. So, nope. so what do you say to naysayers? What do you say to the chairman of the board who says, you know what, tell me how I'm going to justify this to my board of directors. Why does it make business sense? What do you tell them? In this case, it is one of the most effective ways, I think, that you can convey, convey your message straight to your, to your consumer, your customer, so to speak. I mean, it's a very personal experience. And the more matter of fact it is, I mean, I always use the example, we use it in our book of Ford Motor Company. I, we, we, right. we don't have anything to do with Ford, but we were just sitting around talking about an idea of a great idea for a podcast. Motor companies spend, you know, car manufacturers spend a lot of money to promote new cars. So let's take a Mustang GT. Let's say they're coming out with the Shelby edition or something. They put all this time and energy into that, in the design of that car. They rent out racetracks and bring influencers in, you know, people from radio stations, TV to drive the cars and celebrities around the track. They bring out race drivers when they do that. They have the engineers there. What better opportunity to create a 30 to 45 minute podcast of the audio of the tires screeching off, of an engineer talking about the way that the valves were modified and what the real performance will mean to the average person driving on the street, to one of the race car drivers is taking everybody around the track in that great ride to talk about its handling and how for the enthusiast it's going to do one thing and for the, the mother driving home, the safety aspect of that. Some of the celebrities that are there kind of sharing that experience with that sense of adrenaline pumping behind their voice. <laughs> now, what is the value to that? To have thousands of people by choice pulling down a 45-minute long entertainment slash educational informational right, right. segment about something that they're thinking about buying. Well, also, and they, they've, they've spent millions of dollars creating this event, but they haven't spent $2,000 documenting that event and making it available to all the people that can't attend the event. And, and if I mean, you, that's, that's bad business. Yeah, and if you can get that message for 45 minutes into the ears of, a, of the person who's going to pull it, who, guess what, is somebody interested in a Mustang, <laughs> yeah, exactly. wants to know more about it. Exactly. Is that worth more than a postage stamp that you would, you know, you would spend on direct mail to tens of thousands of people? Instead, it's targeted. I mean, literally, for less than 37 cents a listener, oh, you absolutely. can get that into their ears. It's ridiculous value. Any surprises? Any? Do you see anything here at the show that you weren't expecting? You know, uh, for me, I, I've had the good fortune to actually meet a lot of the podcasters so far because I've gone to a number of these things. So this is the first time you and I have met, but obviously Dan and Lance and Don and Drew and Adam, all these people. So for me, it was an opportunity to meet some of the people I hadn't met before and, and to meet up with some some new friends. But I, I am uh, I'm I am particularly impressed with the job that Tim's done in putting this whole thing together. I mean, when the, yeah, when the concept yeah. first came Absolutely. out, uh, Tim, I met with Tim, and we actually went up to Seattle and had a dinner with Chris Perillo, and Doug Kay was there, and Eric Rice, and lots of people. And it was clear coming away from there that Tim was serious. I mean, this was something he'd done before, that we weren't going to have this at a Coco's, and I'll split, the, <laughs> I'll split the bill when we were done. And so I've been a big proponent, and I just think that uh, Tim's just done a tremendous job here. Michael, thanks for stopping by and hey, talking thanks for having to us. Me. So we've uh, had a chance to get some idea of how 
the various experts in podcasting are responding to the first uh, portable media conference or expo and podcasting conference. Um, unfortunately, Dan, each time I try to ask you what your impression is, we ask me we ask me whatever you want. So, so tell me what, what's your impression of this show? I mean, do you think uh, this is? Well, I think it's. I, well, first of all, I, and and don't just give me the hype. I mean, let's be honest. Okay, I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, Tim Berkwin called me. Uh, about a year ago, I had never met him. He said, hey, uh, you know, I'm down here in Laguna Niguel and I'm a podcaster. And he kind of introduced himself. And he said, I'm thinking of putting together this podcasting expo. It'll be in about a year. Do you think you'd want to attend? And I thought, well, yeah, I would. I guess I would want to attend. But, you know, he felt at the time, and I've definitely felt, that we were still explaining to everybody what podcasting was. I mean, think about a year ago, how few people really knew what it was. So I got to say... Uh, I'm not like when I walked in here. I was not surprised because I have I have a lot of faith in Tim. Just as a person, I could tell that he was going to do it right. But in a way, looking back, it, it's really shocking that his prediction was right. That everybody did come to the table. That you you walk around here and bias is here, and uh, the Telus people, like Michael said, is here. M Audio is right there. Belkin is right next to me. Where Tim, yeah, had the foresight a year ago to know exactly what this would be, and he created it in that image, and, and here it is right now. Uh, it's really impressive, and I give him uh, all, all the credit in the world. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.